Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Blues Guitar Show podcast with me, Ben Martin from www.benmartin-music.com. I hope you are doing good out there today. We've had slight improvements on the weather here. Uh, It's still very, very hot, uh, but luckily I've got the aircon on and it seems to be working and I think it's quieter than it was last time. So fingers crossed that in this episode uh, you won't be distracted too much by the background noise. I don't know why I feel the need to give you updates on the weather situation. I mean, maybe it's just uh, maybe something very British or very English in me. I feel like I need to tell you what the weather is. I mean, you don't care. I don't care. It doesn't really matter. That's the beauty of podcasts. You can download them uh, anytime, anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I might be asleep right now when you're listening to this. I probably am. Um, anyway, I'm talking rubbish. <clears throat> Let's get on. So... In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about what I think for me was the breakthrough when it came to learning how to improvise blues solos on the guitar. When you're learning this stuff, it can seem like such an uphill climb, especially when you start trying to look at the theory and trying to learn the theory of it almost too much. Um, When you learn scales, you learn the major scale, the minor scale, the pentatonic scales, every mode of the major scale. It's just, it's a lot of stuff. And what I often hear from my students, especially... um, especially my students that have been playing for a lot of years, is they go, I know all these scales and I know all these different fancy chords. I know how to play an F-sharp dominant 7 chord. I know how to play the uh, the Lydian mode. Uh, but I don't know when to use it or how to use it or, you know, what... what The typical question would be, what scale do I play over this? And that's why I think it's really important to focus on not learning scales, not that they're not important, but to focus initially on not learning scales, but instead learning arpeggios. And I'm going to show you today why I think that is the most important thing for you to know, so you too can have that breakthrough moment with your blues guitar playing. So for anyone out there who's not sure what an arpeggio is, an arpeggio is just a chord, but we're going to play, uh, we're going to, we're going to put, 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 we're going to play every individual note of that chord. So for example, an arpeggio of the D chord would be... Now that's a very simple version of an arpeggio where we just literally play each note with the chord static on our fretting hand. What we're going to look at today is moving our fretting hand to make the shapes of different chords and playing them up and down the neck. Now the reason I think this is really, really good to know is because this shows us what notes are available to us when we start thinking about a solo. Not only does it show us that, but also it gives us a jumping off point to start from. As long as you know what the chord sequence of the piece that you're playing over is, then you instantly have access, just by knowing the chords themselves, to at least six, seven, eight different notes across the fretboard. So let me explain what I mean. So let's look first at a major arpeggio. Let's do the G major arpeggio. So I'm going to talk you through this one. So G chord. Hopefully we all know how to play the open G chord by this point. The arpeggio would sound like this. So all I'm doing there is moving my fingers to play the notes that make up the G major chord, but I'm going to play them individually. So what we're going to do is we start like we do with the G chord with our second finger on fret three on the top string. Then we're going to play 
our first finger on fret 2 on the 5th string. And then we're going to move our 3rd finger and our little finger to fret 5 on the 5th string and the 4th string. So we're going to go 3 on the top string, 2 on the 5th, move the 2 fingers, 5 on the 5th, 5 on the 4th. key is to hold your fingers there. So we're going to hold those two fingers, the, th um, the third and fourth finger. Then you're going to put your second finger on fret four on the G string, on the third string. So now we have. And the last thing we're going to do is just bar that first finger across the two bottom strings on fret three. And so we can see this is actually a mix between the open G position chord and the bar chord. So this shows us all the available notes that we have in this part of the neck when we're playing a G chord. Apologies for the phone going off there. Clearly too popular. Uh, so let's start that again. Ready? One, two, three, four. Three, two, five, five, four, three, three. Three, two, five, five, four, two, three. Sounds like I'm reading out uh, one of those numbers in a sort of 90s infomercial. Okay, and then we're going to go backwards. So this is why it's important to hold your fingers on. So we're going to go... These two we play separately, the first two. Then we're going to hold our hand in this position. And we're going to go just down. If you're playing with the uh, fingers, you can just go down all the way with your thumb playing with a pick just all down strokes and then we need to come back up and then just the separate two so now this is a good thing to know in G but the coolest thing about this is that we can transfer this anywhere that we have a major chord. All you need to know is where the root of that chord is on the sixth string. For example, if we play fret five on the sixth string, I'm going to give you three seconds to work out what note that is. Hopefully you got that right. It is an A. So now if we, if we just transpose the same shape up two frets, exactly the same shape, uh, we now have the arpeggio of an A major. So let's try that going from G to A. So start with the G. One, two, three, four. And then the A. One, two, three, four. So this means now if we have a chord sequence that's going from G to A, I'm just going to see if I can demo how we can use just the notes that we've learned already in the arpeggio to start making an improvisation.
So that's a little way that you can use those notes just in any order as long as you stick with those notes over the changes. And it's really good, just like we did actually in the last podcast, to keep um, practicing changing just over two chords, just over two chord changes, because it really drills it into you to feel when those chord changes are going to happen. And then when you start building up, playing over the sort of 12 bars that we usually like to do in blues music, and we've got three different chords going on, you can really start to feel when the chords are likely to change, and you'll be able to build connecting licks between those two different chords. For example, I did one where I changed from uh, here... And then I went just down on the fifth string from fret five to fret four because I know that that is the second note in my A major arpeggio. So I can just go, and then when it changes to the A, go down. And that gives you a really nice flavor when you add that together and you're playing over two continuous chords like that. So now it's time to give you a go. So I'm going to play the loop again, this time with me not playing over it, to give you a chance to have a go at just playing um, using the two arpeggios. Now, if you're not sure about improvisation or you find it really difficult, for now, just stick to playing up and down over the changes. So when I change, you change, okay? Okay, now we're going to do my favorite one, which is the minor chord form of this. The minor chord form of this is actually very similar to the minor pentatonic, but I think this one is, for me, more useful because it's much easier to visualize when I'm looking down at the fretboard. So we're going to start this one in, uh, we're going to start this one in B. So that would be starting on fret 7 on the top string. Okay, over our B minor chord. So for this one, we're going to play 7 to 10, just like we do the beginning of the um, minor pentatonic on the top string. Then we're going to play our two fingers, our third and fourth finger, on fret 9 on the fifth and fourth string. And then we're going to bar our first finger across fret 7 on the bottom three strings. So that's... So 7, 10, 9, 9, 7, 7, 7. So let's go up and then down. And again. So that's what we have in B. Now we're going to change in this chord sequence from B to D minor. Now D minor, we need to find D on the top string. So D on the top string, we're starting at fret 10. So we're going to go 10, 
13. 12, 12, 10, 10, 10. So the same as we did last time, little improvisation, I'm going to play the chords. You either play... try and miss out some notes, add some notes um, to make it into an improvisation, change up the order, but only use those notes. So now you can see how to do the minor chord form of this arpeggio. Now the trick to really nailing this is actually using them um, together, the major and the minor, because most of the time, almost all the time in fact, the songs that we're playing have a mix of major chords and minor chords, because every key has a mix of major and minor chords within it. So for example, if we were playing a song, it could go G, A minor, B minor, C. And we could um, play over that the G major, A minor, B minor, C major. And that would really help um, you to visualize where those patterns are across the fretboard. So my suggestion with your practice is find a song that has a mixture of major and minor chords, i.e. most songs, learn the chord sequence. Ones with the repetitive chord sequence are particularly good. If not, just do something like G, A minor, B minor, C. Just loop it if you can, record it on that app on your phone I'm always going on about. Just record it on there and just practice playing those arpeggios over it. And this will really mean that you're going to get to know where the different positions that are available to you when it comes to solos are across the fretboard. I hope you found that episode useful. Uh, we're hitting amazing numbers at the moment on the downloads, which I'm super, super proud of. This is something that I started doing just during lockdown uh, when we had the first lockdown here. So that was, I think, well, obviously we predated uh, anywhere else. Um, and just to be able to you know, help out some people when they were stuck at home and things like that. And it's really grown over the past year. So I'm super, super proud of where we are now with every episode getting around 6,000 downloads. It's amazing. Uh, but if you think this stuff is useful, please leave a review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. That will really help get this out to more people. I'm not asking for any money. Uh, I don't interrupt these with any advertising halfway through where I'm trying to sell you a pillow or some rubbish like that. So um, please share this um, podcast, give me a good review and head over to www.benmartin-music.com and download more free content, including your free fingerstyle guitar practice ebook. Like I say, on every episode, I don't ask for your email address. I don't send you spam. I'm just getting free guitar teaching content out to the people. Okay, great stuff. Thank you, everybody, and I will see you in the next episode.
Are you fully fretboard confident? Do you know where the notes are, how they connect and how they move up and down the strings? My latest book, The Triad Method, is all about using simple three note shapes to completely unlock the fretboard. This book is absolutely full of light bulb moments that are going to demystify the neck three notes at a time. I've compiled a huge number of diagrams, shapes and exercises based on over 10 years of teaching this stuff to make it as simple as possible. Download The Triad Method and see for yourself today. Link is in the description below.